Hey, good morning, everybody. We're glad that you're here today. Thank you for investing part of your weekend here at PCC together. Um, I was asked by our children's department to show you this. Um, no, this is not the Charlie Brown sad little tree. So what's happening in our children's program today? Last week, uh, they all made wreaths, and all the wreaths went home to the individual kids. Today, they are decorating these trees. However, these trees are not going home with you. Now, you can either be happy or sad about that. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, these trees, uh, the kids are decorating them, and then this week they're going to be delivered to uh, Brandywine Assisted Living, which is right here in Pennington across from uh, Stop and Chop. Did I say that right? No. Shop right? Stop and Chop? I don't, it's right down the road. I'm sorry. Right over here. Um, and so they're going to be delivering those this week, and so just wanted you to know, so if there's any kids in here that want to go do that and have fun, that's what you're going to be doing today, and parents, so you know, uh, that's what they're doing, and also parents, you can talk to the, uh, the uh, volunteers, and they can give you a little more information about that and what that all entails, so there you go, that's so everybody knows what's going on back there as the kids are dismissed. Hey, we're glad that you're here, I invite you to grab your Bible if you would. And open it up, uh, grab your app, uh, whatever it takes for you to, to get the scriptures in your hands. We're going to be in John chapter 14 and verse 27 in a few moments. Uh, for those of you who are new or maybe you just simply need to be reminded, here at PCC, it's our, it's our mission to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. We do that as we take the pattern of Jesus' life as our pattern for life. And we strive to prioritize being together, to hear and respond to the word of God, and strive to be a tangible presence of grace in our communities and in our world. And, and in this season of life, in the season of the church, uh, we are really trying to, to challenge everyone to focus on taking that next step in your faith, to wherever you are, to take that next step to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with the Lord, and to know him in a richer and deeper way. And maybe for you, that means you need to accept Jesus for the first time as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe for you, it's time to rededicate and refocus your life in on him and so that you can have him as Lord over every aspect of your life. Regardless of where you are, each and every one of us can take that next step in our faith and in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, today, we are in week two of our Advent series, a series where we not only uh, anticipate the arrival of Jesus and in celebrating his birth that uh, we do at Christmas, that we're also challenged to grow. Uh, in this series, we're looking at hope and peace, joy and love. And we're gonna look at what those words mean and, and how they get used a lot in our society and our culture in this time of year. But what do they really mean? Last week, we looked at how uh, hope and what it really is, how biblical hope uh, is a confident expectation, not just uh, in a situation or a circumstance, but in a person, in the person of Jesus. And today, we're jumping into the word peace, right? It's the second one on the list, the second one that we're going to go through uh, here this morning. And the first thing, that I thought about when it came to this idea or this word of peace during this you know, Christmas, Advent, you know, anticipation season was uh, the different Christmas carols we sing, right? So I'm pretty basic. I think of things like this. The song Silent Night, and I'm not gonna sing because no one wants that, right? But you know the lyrics. If you wanna sing it, go for it. You know, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, tender and mild, sleep in heavenly... There you go. So you guys see, sleep in heavenly. So it talks about peace. It's this idea that I've always thought was kind of funny, that a baby's born and everything's calm and bright and beautiful. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, that's what the, the song, right? I don't think the, the author was there when they wrote the song. Um, or there's, uh, it came upon a midnight clear. 
that glorious song of old, when angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold, peace on the earth, goodwill to men. And we cannot forget, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king on earth earth and mercy mild, right? It keeps on going. But maybe my favorite song that I, that I really thought about when it comes to this idea, uh, a piece is for unto us a child is born. Now, that song is a showstopper, right? You kind of save it toward the end because it's big and it's majestic and you know, for, you know, there's just, you got the orchestra swelling and the people are just all over it you know, and his name shall be called Wonderful and then da 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 right? You can just hear it building. Counselor, almighty God, the everlasting father and then everything just kind of, the Prince of Peace. And when we think of peace, we think of maybe this, this stillness and maybe this calmness. And it's this idea that everything is okay. When we think of Jesus during Advent, during this Christmas time, there are a lot of references to peace. This concept of, in, in the language of peace is found in almost all the languages. And, and so I wonder, what's our understanding of peace? What is it that we think of? When we wish for peace on earth, and when people say that what they want for Christmas is world peace, what are we really wishing for or asking for? What does that mean? For most of us, peace is this idea of a lack of conflict, right? A lack of trouble where all is calm and all is bright, we can sleep in heavenly peace, right? That's, that's what we want, just a good night's rest. I just want some peace. John MacArthur pointed out that uh, the Quechua, if I said that right, Indians, they have a word for peace that means to sit down in one's heart. The idea is it's the opposite of running around with all these different anxieties. Uh, the Chol Indians of Mexico define peace as a quiet heart. It's our, our idea of peace is this absence of conflict. Uh, there's no disagreements. There's no arguments. We all just get along, and everything is great. There is peace. And yet, when we look at the scriptures, what we find is that peace is not only focused on the absence of something or the, what's missing, like conflict or strife. Peace also looks for and even hopes with confident expectation that we talked about last week for something better, for something to, to be better than what is there. there. There are two primary words in the scriptures that we find are translated as peace. You, you probably already know these, but the most familiar one is in the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew, Hebrew word shalom, right? You've heard that before, shalom, peace be with you. And in its purest sense, shalom means peace. When it's said to someone, shalom or peace be with you, it means more than some simply saying, well, I hope that, that you don't have any difficulties come your way today. It also carries with it this idea that for the person to have all the highest good come their way as well. There's so much meaning in this word peace. In the New Testament, in the Greek, the word for peace is arene. And when it is used, it's often used to, to refer to this idea of something or someone being complete or being whole. The Bible Project has a video uh, that I really uh, recommend that you watch. It's one that they watched in the, the discipleship class this morning. So about the 20 of you that were in there, you're already ahead of the game. I told them uh, as they were about 10 or 15 minutes into their uh, uh, class time today that they really get a jail, get out of jail free card because everything they were going to learn in there is probably what I'm going to tell you here today, right? 
Because when you get to the biblical concept of peace and you really start to understand it, it just comes alive. And it means so much more and it's so much deeper and so much richer than we could ever discover just on our own. In, in the Bible Project video, they describe peace as, as a block or a brick, something that has no blemishes. It's also described as a, a wall or, or a structure or something that is put together, uh, and it creates this complete or whole thing. It, it's all together. The idea is that it, you take something complex or something that has a lot of different pieces, a lot of moving parts, and you put them together. And when they are together, they are in a state of completeness, a state of wholeness, and that constitutes peace. Does it make sense where we're going? When it comes to this idea of peace in our life, the idea is that that life is complex. There are dreams and there are plans, there are people and jobs and situations and relationships, and when one of them or more of them is missing or they're out of alignment, there is no peace because you cannot be whole, you cannot be complete, and you need to be restored, you need to be put back together. What you really need in your life is peace. And what's fascinating about biblical peace, like we talked about with hope, is that it's unrelated to circumstances. It's something that does not have to be impacted by what happens around us. Paul said in Philippians 4.11, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And he demonstrated the fact that that is true in his life and that he had peace when even when he was in jail, he sang and he thanked God for the graciousness that God had shown in his life. Even in prison, he had peace. And that brings us to our our main text here this morning, John chapter 14, verse 27. I know that we're in Christmas time, but but I wanted to read the words of Jesus and to listen to what Jesus said about peace. He said these words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's somewhat ironic when you look at the greater context of this of when Jesus says these words. Jesus says these words on the night before he is betrayed and the night before he is crucified. Jesus says these words knowing what's going to happen, knowing the things that are going to happen to him, and he gives his disciples this message of peace, a peace that was not absent of the wild and unforeseen and fearful situations of life events, but in the midst of everything that was about to happen, that is when they could still have peace peace. They could still be complete. They could still be whole. And this morning, I, I want to look at the, how this peace that Jesus is talking about to his disciples, how it can invade and influence our lives as well. My life, your life, all of our lives. Now, before I go any further, JT, you want to mute that for a second? I'm going to try plugging this back in. You got it? Sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. I just will try not to move. That'll be all right? Okay, before I go any farther, I, I want to be clear as to what type of peace it is we're talking about, the type of peace that, that Christ offers to us. His peace is not like what a lot of the other religions offer. Often their aim is to help you shut out everything and to help you enter into a state of tranquility and emptiness, right? But Jesus, what he offers in our life is a fullness and a completeness and a wholeness that exist no matter what you're going through, no matter what the circumstances and situations of life 
you may find yourself in or you may have put yourself in. He wants to offer you that peace. And so for just a few moments this morning, as we think about Advent in this theme, let's look at peace. The first thing uh, and the first area to explore is that peace is available. That's an amazing thing in and of itself. Uh, In the first part of John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. The good news is that the type of peace that we desperately need and we desperately want is available to us. Paul says in Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are redeemed and you are declared righteous through faith. Your sins are forgiven. You're in a relationship with God and your soul is at peace. You have been made complete between you and God. And that's God's wonderful plan of salvation that he offers to us. It's available. Colossians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22 says, Through him, being Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Because of Jesus, there's a peace that is available to us. Uh, Because of our sins, we are broken and we live incomplete lives. But because of the sacrificial love of Jesus, we can have peace. We can be restored. It's available. It's a peace that gives us hope, that confident expectation that regardless of what life throws our way, we can have peace. A peace that is available when we recognize and realize that if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? It's a type of peace that that Paul shared to the church in Philippi when he said, and the peace of God. Notice he doesn't say the peace I know or the peace that I can give you, but the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It doesn't always seem rational or reasonable that such a peace even exists, and yet yet alone, it's not only exists, but it's available to us. And I don't know about your life, but that's the type of peace that I need. That's the type of peace that I want in my life. A peace that removes the guilt and the fear and the shame of the past, that it provides hope for the future. It gives us a a reason and an an existence and hope in our current situations and the current circumstances of life that we can have that confident expectation that God is with us and then he will continue to be with us both today, tomorrow, and forever. It's available. So where does this peace come from? Well, peace is from one source, just one, kind of. So I want to say it this way. Here's the truth. I can't offer you peace. I can't. I don't have that capability. You can't offer me peace. Any guess on who or what is the source of peace? No, come on. Let's, you're in church. The answer is? Nicely done, God. Is there any other acceptable answers? Jesus, nicely done. And the third answer could be? Congratulations, you passed with flying colors, right? I mean, when you're in church, those are the three acceptable answers, right? God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. If that's not it, you're like, I don't know what you're looking for, right? And so that's, that's it. Those are the right answers, the, the trinity, the three in one, the three as one, the three who offer peace. And as, as I tried to make sense of this whole trinity thing, it, and, and when it, especially when it comes to this idea of peace, I came up with this example. And I know it's not the best one, but maybe it'll help or maybe it'll hurt, but I'm going to say it anyway, and then we'll go from there. 
At our house, our, we, our water source comes from Trenton Waterworks. All right, so Trenton Waterworks gives it into our house, and then once it gets into our house, we have two different types of faucets in our house. We have the kitchen faucet, we have the bathroom faucet, right? You may have more, but it works for me for this illustration to only have two. So there you go, all right? So two faucets in our, in our house. Once it comes into the house, right, we go to the different faucets depending on uh, the different purposes or the different focuses that we are working on at the moment. Does that make sense? But it's all accomplished through one source, right? Trenton Waterworks, that's how it comes in. Now, the same concept is true when it comes to peace. God is our source of peace. Philippians chapter 4, 9, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, Hebrews 13, 20, all refer to God as the God of peace. That's where the peace comes from. He is the source. And while he's the source, Jesus gives us peace. Something that I guess I had just overlooked in my previous readings of John 14, 27 jumped out to me as, as other people that I was reading, they pointed it out as well. They said, notice what Jesus says. He says, my peace I give you. I don't know that I'd ever really seen that before. My peace. Jesus isn't giving some arbitrary type of peace. He says, no, this, this is my peace. It's his personal peace. And what kind of peace did Jesus have? Well, if you look at his life, his the type of peace he had was a complete and whole type of peace, which allowed him to face whatever life threw at him in a way that honored God. He was calm in, in, the, in the face of persecution. He was calm even in the face of death. Remember when Pilate said to Jesus, don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus said, you know what? You have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Wow, right? I mean, I, we know he's Jesus, so he's got to have all the answers already. But, but having that, that peace, he was at peace, and that's the kind of peace that he offers to us. He says, my peace I give to you. The Holy Spirit also gives us peace as well. If you were to look at the list of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, you would find love, joy, peace, right? Patience, kindness, good. And you go on down the road. The third one there is peace. The gift of the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, is having peace in our life. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need from God, from Christ. Here's what's interesting. If you were to jump up one verse here in our main text, John chapter 14, verse 27, if you go up to verse 26, it says this, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The counselor, the Holy Spirit will come in part to remind us, to remind them, to remind you and me that God gives us peace, that he is our source of peace. The promises Jesus made to the disciples that night were in connection with the arrival of the Holy Spirit in their life. God is the source of our peace. Jesus gives us peace. He makes us complete he makes us whole. He gives us that relationship with God through his love for us. And the Spirit gives us peace as the daily gift of every day of our life, having that peace that can be so evident in our life through him. And that is because the peace that God offers is unique. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. This peace is not like the peace that the world gives to us. According to the information I found on uh, the website, Our World in Data, and then one of their articles was Peace and War. Prior to World War II, the world averaged 2.61 new wars each year. Okay? Prior to World War II. But 
We have come a long way as people, right? We have grown. We are smarter. uh, We are more advanced. We recognize the need for peace. We march for peace. We insist upon peace. And because of all of those things, we have successfully moved that number from 2.61 new wars each year to three new wars each year. The New York Times observed peace is a fable. I think that says a lot about us, doesn't it? Because often when we pursue peace, we just want to get away from ourselves, or at least everybody else, right? We desire some peace, and so we try to find it. We drink a little more. We use one of the many ways that the world offers to us to find that escape. We try to have some peace. We put on our blinders. We just keep our heads down. We want it to either go away or to get better. One article I read said this, I've got so many troubles that if anything else happens to me, it'll be two weeks before I can even worry about it. You ever felt that way? Do you feel that way right now? Man, if I can just survive Christmas, right? If I can just get through Christmas, then, oh, oh, then I'm gonna relax. Then I'm gonna be able to rest I'm going to be able to to get rid of some of this stuff in my life that I just don't want because it's just too much. In the Old Testament, in the days of Jeremiah, there are a great number of issues that were facing the nation of Israel. Just so many things that that they'd probably done to themselves and what was happening around them. And not the least of them in this situation that I'm referring to was an army was coming to destroy them, to take them captive, to to plunder them. And, And they were afraid and there was no peace. And in Jeremiah 6.14, it says this, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. The people evidently were saying to each other, it's okay, hey, you know what, things are fine. You're fine, we're fine, everything's fine. Peace, peace, it's all good. They used the right words. They talked a lot about peace, but there was none. A little later in Jeremiah chapter 8, Verse 15, we read, we hoped for peace, but no good has come for a time of healing, but there is only terror. They were searching for a peace that could only come through the world, and and that is so fleeting. They needed the peace that comes from God. Again, Jesus said in John 14, 27, I do not give to you as the world gives the peace of God is unique, and that's because the peace that God promises, God makes available to us is a promise. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The, the amazing thing is that as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can grasp a hold of the peace that he promises to us. We have the, this peace and the promise that even in the midst of the struggles and the difficulties of life, that God is with us. It is a promise we see in the scriptures. What are we celebrating at Christmas? We're celebrating Emmanuel, right? Which means God with us. It's a promise that God is with us. 
Not just there, but throughout. Joshua 1.9, God is there wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10, God is with us, so we need not be afraid. Deuteronomy 31.6, God will not leave or forsake you. Zephaniah 3.17, God is in our midst. Hebrews 13.5, God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Romans 8.38 and 39, nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ. And of course, the very words of Jesus in Matthew 28.20, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is with us because because of Jesus. That's the promise he's made to us. The apostles claim that Jesus made peace between humanity and God when he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. Jesus restored the broken relationships between humans and their creator. This is exactly what God said he would do, and God did it. Through Jesus, he fulfilled his promises. And as we look at what God has done and his faithfulness and how he's promised to this point, we can trust in him that his promises will continue throughout all eternity. Which is why when we find ourselves in a society where we are constantly bombarded with the, the pressure and the reminders about how imperfect we are and how if we only had this or only had that, if we were only able to, to go here to experience this or to wear this or to, to whatever, our problems would disappear. That we would have that peace that we realize because if you would just do whatever that is on your list, then that person will be and then you will be and there will be And when that's our mindset, we fail to remember that the, the only person who can give us and truly promise and come through on peace is Jesus. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the three in one, the three as one, the only one who has kept is keeping and will continue to keep promises. He gives us uh, this life as a gift. He humbled himself. He came as a baby. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. He lived a life free of sin, and every day of our lives we celebrate how he restored us to God so that we can be people of peace in relationship with him each and every day. We are called to be people who surrender to the Lord, who surrender our lives to the Lord and strive to take his life as the pattern for our life. And as we ourselves are discovering and experiencing his life-changing love every day of our life, we get to tell other people about that as well. We have the opportunity to say that God is with us, not some distant promise, but that promise has been fulfilled, that promise has been realized. God is with us here and now and today, and he's offering us that peace. He's offering you peace, that completeness, that wholeness in your life. And so today, I want to encourage you to accept the Lord and the peace that he offers to you. A peace where he invites you to surrender your life to Christ. To surrender to him and to say, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. A peace that says, I want to make you truly Lord over every aspect of my life. An invitation that you can respond by just saying, you know what, I, I don't have that peace and I'm really searching and, and I'd just love someone to pray with me or to talk with me. We would love to have the opportunity to do that with you this morning. In just a few moments, we're, we're going to sing a, a song of response to the Lord. And in those moments as we stand, we're gonna invite you to make your way over to the cross where member, members of the leadership team would, would love to meet with you and just to pray with you and to encourage you to meet you where you are and to extend to you the peace that they've experienced in their life that only comes from the source of God. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna stand and sing together. Father God, thank you. 
Thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship you. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word and to be challenged and to be reminded of the fact that your peace, your peace is available, God, and, and you've extended it to us and you've simply asked us to receive it. So God, I pray that we would do that here today, that we would respond to you and your love, your sacrifice, your gift. We love you, Father. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Stand with me. Let's sing together. Let's magnify God. Let's worship him. Let's respond. If you want to talk to someone, we'll meet you by the cross.